Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. I tell you what, Tubbsy and I are going to keep kicking this on tonight because we have different sides of the issue. I'm right and he's wrong. Those are the two sides. Uh, joining us, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, my good friend Tim Cheetah, longtime American League umpire, work and, and Major League umpire because they integrated them. Of course, it's at, uh, uh, so they work both leagues, but uh, not the point tonight. We're just talking baseball and some more. T- Tim, you were out golfing today when the hail came on. I was right in the middle of it, but before we get going, let's just let you both know that I'm right and you're both right. <laughs> same thing. Same thing you used to tell both managers, right? Pretty, pretty much, baby. <laughs> pretty much. Old habits are hard to break. That's right, man. Did you get caught in it though? Were you able to hide in the golf cart? What'd you do? Right in the middle of it, out at Keller. But the the best part about it was we were on the fifteenth tee. And uh, which is as far away as you can be from the clubhouse, but they have a storm shelter there. So oh. we ducked in and we, everybody pulled out their phones to see the forecast and it rained hard for about 15 minutes and then it kind of let up, but there was lightning and we all decided that we're not going to continue. So uh, let's go to the, let's go to the clubhouse. And on the way into the clubhouse, all of a sudden the hail came along Oh, and it was, it was ping pong ball size. I yes, it was. Played. I've never, I mean, I've seen pictures and I've seen videos. I've never been in the middle of it in my life. And I mean to tell you, it hurts when it hits you. Even, so you got you pelted, know, it was, huh? It, oh, it was coming from both sides. And, and the you know, the cart was getting trashed, but we were getting hit in the legs. And I mean, it was, it was worse than when you worked the plate at Fenway. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they used to throw a lot of stuff at me at that way, but, you know, never, never ice chunks. Wow. But you got back safely, obviously. We got back safely, and then it let up. But it's still uh, the 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 pictures that the we t- I took a bunch of photos, and the the uh, the greens and the tee boxes and everything were just totally co- and the fairways were totally covered in white. It I looked know. like it had snowed. I know, and then it was gone an hour later. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah like I didn't think we because the temperature dropped, and we yeah. thought this isn't going to melt anytime soon, but yeah. it did. Oh, uh, but it was it was a sight to behold. Holy cow! Hey, Tim, we were just talking about, you know, betting, allowing it in Minnesota, et cetera. Uh, and that, that led me to an interesting thought. Uh, as an umpire referee, and, and I, if it comes into the marketplace, more, I, I, they go to great lengths to vet umpires and, and referees and whatnot, because obviously, who would be at the, you know, the, who would have the most control over a game uh, if, if, if it is pursuant, uh, pursuant to betting or gambling than an umpire? Tell me about that. What do they impress upon you? What classes do you take? What, what do they do? Well, uh, first of all, when I was being considered by the American League back in 1984, uh, in the off seasons, I bartended out at a, uh, I won't name the place, but it was a private country club in the Twin Cities area. And we had probably four or five very, very active uh, uh, bookmakers in that, in that uh, facility. Mm-hmm. And 
there was many times where people would come in and hand me an envelope and say, give this to so-and-so when he gets here. Now, I pretty much knew what it was, but I was just an envelope as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And and I would do what I was asked to do. And then uh, when they ran the background check on me, they specifically, you know, asked about my employment and what I knew. And uh, what about this guy, that guy and the other guy? And right. I said, well, as far as I know, they're they're members of the club. And and have you ever seen any? I said, no, nope, I've seen guys get on the phone. But as far as what their activities were, I did not know. And, and even though I did know, I just mm-hmm. said I'm, I'm not aware and uh, that was part of the, uh, and that was an FBI investigation uh, before you get hired. After that, once you're on the staff, we had uh, uh, every year on our annual meeting, we would have a speaker come in. And and one of them was a guy who I can't remember his name, but a lot of people will remember his name. He was a former uh associate of Gotti and and uh, Sammy the Bull and all okay. those guys yeah. and he he ended up turning state's evidence and uh Mike something or other and he told us the whole story about how bookies and and gambling people would approach umpires and be very very coy and you have no idea what you know they would ask you say hey how was the game last night how was clements throwing you know Mm -hmm. they would ask you these little subtle questions but they were looking for information yep and and we didn't know any better you know we were we we just assumed the guy's a baseball fan and he's a red sox fan or he's a yankee fan or whatever and uh but eventually uh, we we were very well versed in you know what to look for, and then we had uh, the the uh, uh, department, the security department of Major League Baseball grew uh, exponentially when I was there. Uh, we had former FBI uh, and a New York uh, uh, former police chief in New York that were the head of the security for Major League Baseball that oversaw <laughs> any possible activity along those lines. And uh, we were pretty well versed, and today it's pretty well, it's non-existent. I mean, it, there was the Donahue thing in the NBA. He yeah. was a, you know, he was a, he was a degenerate gambler, and, and uh, fortunately they, they found him before he was able to really cause any harm, as far as anybody knows, to any, you know, say postseason games or, or what have you. Uh, nobody really knows if all he did was feather his own nest on particular uh, gambling issues or if he actually had huge input or, you know, uh, on a particular game or a particular situation. But uh, it's pretty well, it's pretty well under control now as far as that goes. And then of course, now that people can bet online and they can, you know, there's states that already allow betting and here I'm, I'm watching the, uh, uh, the, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Florida hockey game right now. And between periods, you know, they run an advertisement that uh, you can bet uh, who's going to score the next goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've moved to that. Yeah. We've moved to that piece of it yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So at some oh, point in time, know. players will have to accept that pressure. Do they ever hold umpires or referees accountable? Do they ever say, we want you to watch if you'd see anything that would be suspicious, meaning players are trying to throw a game? Do, do, they, do they ask you to be on guard for that, or is that not your responsibility? Not specifically. Uh, that that more falls into the hands of the security department itself. 
If, however, uh, you're an umpire and you you hear a conversation between uh, uh, players from opposing teams or something along those lines, uh, you would be wise to you know uh, inform the the commissioner's office as soon as possible. Uh, but it's not it's not part of the job description. Uh, it's not necessarily your responsibility, although common sense would dictate to you that if you if you had the slightest inclination to think that something was haywire, that you would uh, inform uh, the necessary people. All right. Tim, can you stay on with us for a quick break? Because there's something else I want to talk to you about uh, on the Cretan side of things. Absolutely. Okay. No problem. Sure. Tim, Tim Cheetah, umpire extraordinaire, is our guest. Uh, when we come back, uh, one of the great baseball men of all time in this state is struggling a little bit right now. We'll explain when we come back. Welcome back. Tim Cheetah, our guest, umpire extraordinaire, before we talk about uh, uh, another topic going on over in St. Paul. T- Tim, when, when you see uh, batting averages this low uh, in American League in particular, nationally too, uh, it, it, is it um, – Obviously, you know, more guys are swinging for home runs. We all know that, and all the swing for the fences. Uh, but, but is there something else that could be done to change that from a rules standpoint that you think would help the game, or, or maybe this is right where the game wants to be? Well, I can't see how they want to be right here. To be honest with you, it, it's a it's a product that is uh, becoming uh, a little bit difficult to watch, giving the, to me the lack of the lack of consistency or the lack of action. And I, I am a firm believer, and I, I'm very hopeful that they find some way to uh, restrict the shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that that's a huge, huge factor. You know, uh, if you're if you're trying to get kids and more people wanting to come to the games and watching the games, it has to have more. It, it, it's just it's just there's strikeouts and flyouts are just not fun to watch and and uh uh you know you're, you're you're always better off to be able to see uh you know if they're not playing in the shift you can still see a lot of great defense yeah you know uh, and, and that's exciting yeah. that in itself is exciting it doesn't have to be a high scoring game but it's when when what normally used to be a, a routine base hit is now a routine out Yes, it is it's a not, routine out because it's, because the second yeah, base yeah. was playing so far over and the shortstop's behind second yeah. base and they hit the ball and you go yeah. whoa and then you go oh okay shift's on you know yeah it's a two hop it's a two hop ground ball and yeah. and uh, so now it's it's you know placement is so important and you know they all throw so hard that it's not it's uh, it's not easy to pull the ball right now. Um, and more hitters just are not adept at hitting the other way. So what kind of action do you see? It, it, to me, I mean, it, it's, you know, I watch games primarily because I want to see who's umpiring and, and watch my buddies, but it, it can be a difficult task to stay interested uh, yeah. for, for very long, and, and that's not a good thing. Is it these pitchers right now that throw this hard easier to work a game behind the plate with them or harder? Um, I would say it's harder because, uh, they don't necessarily have as good a command as if say they threw in the low nineties or the high eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the key, the key to success in pitching is the ability to locate your fastball where you want it, when you want it. And that doesn't really exist in major league baseball right now overall. Because they're just uh, trying to throw it hard. They're just trying to throw it hard. Yeah. And, and, 
you know, it, speed still doesn't matter. Locate it's location, location, location when it comes to pitching, and and uh, you know, if you look at the, the statistics of a guy like a Greg Maddox and a Tommy Glavin and guys like that, even Johan, you know, Johan Santana would top out once in a while at 94, mm-hmm. but he averaged about 92, 91 on the fastball, but he could dial that change up down to 78. And the, the ability to change speeds is not, you know, uh, universally uh, there in yep. major league baseball right now. It's all power, power, power. And, you know, they get, they fall behind in the count a lot um, hitters get way too selective on what they want to swing at, and uh, it, it's it's uh, it's not the best product that it can be. I don't mm-hmm. think, and and I would hope that they go in in some direction that would uh, that would change that. I think the shift thing is a is a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, even even giving people credit who are able to come up with the idea and realize that the statistics are there. Uh, that show this, but you know, the NBA for years had that illegal defense when they decided to go man to man instead of zone because they wanted more action. Yep. And baseball can, you know, the, the, to have something as, you know, uh, describe it as an illegal defense. I would like to see that. Yep. Uh, I think that's, a, I think that's a good starting point. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, at least, at least you got something to go with. I don't know how you can, you know, you can't tell guys to pitch slower or anything. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the don't the throw speed, your curveball. The, yeah. the the speed is there. You know, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But uh, I th- I just think I think this this shift thing has really had a huge huge impact on the game over the last five years. I really do. Tim Cheat is our guest. Tim, there's one of the one of the greatest baseball people I've ever met in my life. Uh, in, in terms of knowing the game, you'd be hard pressed uh, in the state to, to meet people that know the game much better than he is. Dennis Denning, uh, longtime successful coach at Creighton, Durham Hall, and then he, where he uh, also went to school as you did, and then at St. Thomas, he took up to a national title. And they said Northern teams couldn't win national titles in the spring in Division Three baseball. He won one, no big surprise. And he's struggling a little bit right now, and has moved to a memory care facility. Uh, and and for people that, um, yeah, I, 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 I've never. Seen met a man that could simplify baseball the way he could give your description of Dennis Denning well for starters Dennis Denning is and I've been around had the privilege to be around world-class athletes uh, pretty much my entire adult life Uh, but going back to uh, when I played briefly for Dennis and then I actually umpired uh, high school baseball when he was coaching and I was actually still in high school (laughs) believe it or not but um Dennis Denning is the most competitive person I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you don't believe that, ask people that would play pickup basketball against him or whatever. And I mean, he had razor blades on his elbows. And I mean, when, <laughs> you know, you would go up against Dennis and, and he would just bang the daylights out of whoever he was guarding. And, you know, he'd, games where you called your own fouls or called fouls against you. And the guy would say, that's a foul, Dennis. That's not a foul. That's not a foul. You know, and he was just incredible that way. And, um, and it just, it rubbed off on his players and he, uh, he, he uh, accepted nothing less than your best efforts at all times. Um, And he was, uh, you know, just, just an incredible, incredible teacher and an an incredible coach. And, 
uh, I don't know how much time we have, Maxie, but I got I can share a story with you before yeah, we go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark Wagner, who graduated yep. from Creighton Durham Hall as well. Mark is a is a, a Creighton Durham Hall graduate, and he played uh, baseball. He's a crew chief in the big leagues now yep. as an umpire. And and, and uh, Mark uh, blew his elbow out as an eighth grader uh, pitching, throwing too many curveballs, and then, and then he went to Creighton as a freshman, and uh, he decided to go out for track because he couldn't play baseball anymore, and uh, he was springtime he's practicing on the track and the baseball team's out there and he's you know uh, salivating wishing he could be out there playing baseball and, and uh, he finally decides to, to go home and his father they didn't have a lot of money and they they put they hung up a tarp and a mattress kind of thing in their garage and after school every night mark went home and he taught himself how to throw left-handed and he did that for a year because he'd blown out his yeah, right arm probably. right Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and Dennis got wind of it. He'd never met Mark. He'd never heard of him or anything else. And, and he, right away, he said, uh, he's on my team. Hmm. That kid, that kid's on my team next year. I don't care how good he is. He's on my team. Those are the kind of kids I want. Yep. So Mark ended up, ended up being a, uh, played his junior year as a, as a backup outfielder and, and he played his senior year. He was a co-captain with uh, a future Heisman Trophy winner, Chris Winkie, on sure. the state championship team. And uh, that that's Dennis Denning. Yep. You know, it's, there's a Mark there's a Mark Wagner story there, but that's a Dennis Denning story as well. That you know, those are the kids, and that's what I want my kids to be like. And uh, you know, ask anybody that ever played for him. You know, they'll they'll tell you that he he was a, uh, he evaluated your talent very fairly. Gave you nothing but good advice, you know. Actually, encouraged me and Mark both to to umpire and to stay in baseball, and uh, and that's just the kind of guy he is. And and right now, um, between uh, him and his family, that they've got uh, their hands full. He's he's not doing well, um, and uh, it, it's 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 a really sad thing for everybody that knows yeah. him to to see and to know and to just be in total disbelief. Um, and of course, you know, we all know people and we're all exposed to, uh, memory issues and, and all that goes with that. And it's just, it's so sad. It's a tough one. Um, yep. And, that, it does, and they look the same one. and it doesn't get better. Yep. Exactly. But you know, it's funny that, you know, Paul Weinberg who played for the Gophers also played for Dennis and Paul, he would have been taking Dennis to lunch at, at Skinner's every Wednesday here in St. Paul. And I would stop down there once in a while. I'd walk in and Dennis would right away, Timmy, treat, take come on over, you know. Yep. And, but even, even though he was struggling, yeah, you know, he would have good days and bad days. And, and, uh, but it sounds like the bad days are outweighing the good days these days. And that's, that's just, that's so painful to, to be aware of. And, and, uh, uh fortunately, uh, the, the Cretan, Durham Hall community is has set up a, uh, a GoFundMe page, yes. and and it's going quite well because this well, has yeah. this, uh, it's consumed a lot of of Dennis's resources, yeah. Dennis and Nancy both, and uh, so I, as far as the last I looked, that the the GoFundMe page was going really strong, and hopefully it still will. And if there's anybody out there, I I, I don't have the specifics, but I know you can you, you can, can figure it out pretty easily in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. So. You just all yep. you gotta do it. You just gotta Google Dennis Denning D E double N I N G, uh, GoFundMe, and I think all the info's there. And on behalf of myself, 
and the rest of the CDH community, uh, you know, anything, anything can help. Absolutely. Tim, thank you so much. I hope to see you over at Mancini soon. Sounds good, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you too. One of the, I love having Tim Cheat on. I just, he's, he's always good. Uh, when we come back, they have not given up on getting sports restored uh, at the University of Minnesota. We'll visit with one man on that mission. Stay with us. Welcome back. Mike Linneman used to run track for the University of Minnesota, and they are still got hope that they can bring some of the programs back that were eliminated last year. They took it to the legislature. They've been bringing it. They've been fighting it. They're fighting the great fight, and he joins us now. Mike, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks, Maxie, for having me on. You bet. Give me an update. Where does it stand right now? You guys have gone back and forth a little bit at the legislative level. Um, Regent Russia has done a great job presenting your case. Uh, wh- where is it at right now, and in and, 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 uh, whose hands does it lie? What is the key to this? Well, uh, it's different for each sport, but currently we they're in special uh, commission for uh, uh, status. So what that means is there's a conference committee, there's a host bill, Senate bill, and we want to have a special commission to study sport, uh, specifically at the University of Minnesota, but at the whole University of Minnesota system, um, having worked for the university. I know Crookston's got some of these problems, too. Half the kids on that campus are student-athletes. That's yeah. reality. In the online school. So we want to look and say, all right, let's have this special commission, and uh, Regent Rocha proposed it to say, all right, let's go back two years, examine everything, because now the picture's clear, not a moving target on how much revenue is at. Let's re-examine that. Let's look at the current status, which even as sport in the country, there's now $55,980 payments made possible. Name, image, and likeness is really radicalizing the game, especially in basketball, um, to even new revenue streams like the Big Ten new TV deals. So it's different where everything is. And then we really wanted this commission to look at prescribing solutions for the future as Obviously, more women than men are going to the university. That's not going to change. How can we be prepared for that? And then how can the U be driven to discover and be the model for every Big Ten school and every national school and every urban school? How do, do you, let me just stop you there. Do you, do you think they got the kahunas to step up and be, and be original? Honestly, yes. Do you? I, I, I do. Having worked at the university, I do think that they have the ability to find sport management people. They have the Women's Tucker Center, which is incredible with research. They have all the pieces. You just need to have the gumption and sometimes a little nudge from the legislature to say, hey, this is a good idea. Yes, they're the three sports that were cut are bringing it forward, but it doesn't mean it's a bad idea to examine these things. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And there's no law that says you can't bring them back. There is no law that, <laughs> that I've seen. I mean, track is still there. <laughs> yeah, and the track is still there. The athletes are still willing, right? It, it, absolutely correct. I mean... All the kids are still there. A couple kids transferred out, you know, the fifth-year kids that are like, well, I still want to finish out my indoor career, and I only have a year left. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else, which we lost a couple kids in that. But a lot of these kids, they want to stay here. They want to wear the M. They want to represent their state, just as I did. That's why I went to the U. Is tennis working hard? I mean, is, is each sport doing it on their own, or what, what do you got going? Well, we got a weekly meeting <laughs> between the three sports where there's different avenues, different angles, of course, to examine. Um, but each sport looks at it differently. Um, where uh, gymnastics has a club model temporarily, then trying to get back to varsity status. Uh, track is there, and basically we just need like to wear the uniform indoors. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, same yeah. coaches are there, same batons are there, and nothing yeah. really changes in that. Tennis, Shot put ways the same, yeah. They, they still have money in place that is 
that those endowments aren't getting allocated to anything right now. So they have these abilities to come back, but in different ways. And that's why we're working together because, you know, from the many are working together to be work as one. Do you have confidence the legislature has their arms around this and understands it? I think some do. I think the it's very easy to get tripped up on procedural things with university autonomy. Again, the university was started before the state, so the legislature can't make them do anything. However, they can say, okay, we're going to remember you next year during the uh, budget bills. Yeah. Oh, we're going to remember what you said. But we don't want to be antagonistic like that. It really is, let's get the research out. Let's sol- solve this together. And if you need some public dollars to do it, well, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. The campaign, uh, do you put deadlines on it? Does that have to be done by this session? How, how are you going about your business that way? Well, obviously, it's, it's you have to have some artificial deadlines because session is one of them. But otherwise, it's ongoing. We've been at this for two years working on this project. And from track's perspective, we really just flip the lights back on. Same amount of coaches, yeah. same amount of kids on the team. You really just wear the uniform and maybe take some bus trips to Iowa State with their 300-meter indoor track. Yeah. So we could flip that back on any time. The other sports are a little harder to turn back on, but that's why track is so um, excited about this to say, well, this isn't hard for us to do that. Couldn't you, couldn't you, though, with all the sports, I mean, couldn't you geographically adjust to and say, look, we now have Division One sports all over in South Dakota, North Dakota. We've got Iowa State. We've got Drake. We've got Iowa. We've got Northern Iowa. We've got Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Green Bay, uh, Marquette. I, I mean, the list goes on and on. Couldn't you make it a more regional sport for these? And, and, and would that be enticing to them? Um, no, because at the D1 level, if you're a Hassan Mead, you know, pride of South Minneapolis, and you oh, can yeah. be Olympic trials, Olympics level, are you going to go to a team that is incomplete or are you going to go to a team that you get to compete and effectively have a preseason, you know, no different than spring ball. Um, you're going to choose the one with a full contingent. You're just going to. And that's exactly what we've seen with Maryland. Maryland cut their indoor team. Maryland is 13th out of 13 at the outdoor big 10 championships. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just more difficult to get the top talent from your own state especially as St. Thomas is going Division One. Now we have an in-state in competition. Sure, and if they're offering yeah. something that's better than you're offering, it's pretty simple. Well, you look at A to B, you know, it's tough. And yep. we don't want to become Northwestern, which cut all their track in 1990. Yep. But we also don't want to become Maryland that has an incomplete team. So that is why we still see hope to say, you know, there's got to be a way, there's got to be an angle we can do this. Um, and we're still ex- examining every option. Mike, appreciate it very much, and keep us updated. Absolutely. Anytime you're back on, any sort of news, I'll let you know. You got it. Mike Lineman on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, when we come back, the texts have just flooded in uh, since I broached this topic at 6.30, and uh, it was point-counterpoint. Chris Tubbs taking a different uh, uh, approach to it than, than I did, and I'll just let you know how the texters feel. That's all I can do when we come back on Sports to the Max. Uh, we started the show off with a spirited debate about uh, gambling, which led to a debate about whether marijuana should be legal uh, and led to, and I opened up the text lines. You can call us, too, on this, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. But the texts have stacked up now. And uh, and I said, I, I don't think that people need another vice, another temptation, another way to lose their paycheck and, and, and damage families and everything else uh, by adding uh, gambling to the, to, to the menu. Uh, and I think we already got too many people stoned out there and, and legalizing marijuana doesn't do much for me. I, I know a guy grows marijuana. I'm, yuck, I wouldn't. If you met him, you'd go, I wouldn't spend three minutes with that guy. Yeah. 
Yuck. Puke, you know? Um, all right. So I, I hear some of the texts, and this is unbiased by me. Uh, I'm just going to read them, and, and, and all, all I can do is read with how the people respond. That's all I do. I, I am the uh, the conduit from the from the people uh, to the airwaves to, to you at home listening. Uh, people only care about what benefits them. If it hurts others, they turn the other way. Good point. If they put the funds into a pool where athletic associations could apply for grants to do facility improvements, equipment upgrades for safety, reducing costs for athletics, I would be in favor of it. Mike, just because another state does it doesn't make it right. Maxie, your radio co-host is already gambling. Why do we need to legalize it? Okay, I'll stop right there. Tubbsy? Yes. If you're, if you're already gambling, mm-hmm. hypothetically, why do, we need, why, why do we even need to legalize it? Because none of the money that I'm spending on sports gambling is staying within the state. And that's ultimately, yeah, those that want to are going to. Just like those that want to drink on Sundays because of the liquor laws, guess what? They're going to find a way to drink alcohol on Sunday. Those that want to partake in certain activities are going to find a way. Absolutely. Here's my thing, and I'm not going to throw shade at the textures, and I'm not. Here's what I will say. A lot of what I'm seeing are subjective and assumptive. When we're talking about this may not, this may lead to X, Y, and Z, or, you know, the politicians are doing, we're making a lot of assumptions. Okay. I I want something in black and white to tell me why it is such a a negative thing and, and why. Well, I think though that it's fair to say there is no great upside. And and I can argue that there are. And And, that would be what? I mean, you can look at new where, water found at the park. I mean, wh- 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 how do you see that playing out? No, I, I mean, I can look at the tax rates of the other states that have it legalized and I can go through state by state and tell you where that money's going. OK. Um, OK. And, now, now, hang on. Yeah, that's the point. OK, here's a counterpoint to that. OK, okay? I got to find it here. OK. Um, I've got some many again, of them here. I, I want something okay, that okay. gives me facts. OK, this is this is pretty close to facts. OK. A really dumb idea because we all started that way. Talking about marijuana now. Mm-hmm. I talked to a teacher in Colorado who said the high school classes changed dramatically after legalization, not in a good way. Take a look at their car accident reports. Many more deaths because of driving under the influence. I, may, I figured maybe a good result would be more control over the product and less black market influence. Mm-hmm. But California has had more trouble with marijuana farms than ever before. What, when it comes to those car accidents, what is under the influence? I mean, is that alcohol? Is it marijuana? I mean, well, I guess, I guess if you if, if the percentage went up after you after you added legalizing it, you you would have to make an, a, a fairly safe assumption that if it was if it was at this rate, and then we legalized marijuana and it jumped up to this rate, I, I don't think that's a, a hypothesis. I, I think that you can you can feel pretty safe that there's something there. Yeah, but but again, I mean, you're talking about an assumption and. I, I want to see where there is a direct connection between legalizing of the the sports because I mean the marijuana thing and, and the cannabis the cannabis thing I will say when uh, and I've got the text line up but I'm not looking at it directly right now um, you know when there are problems with farms there are going to be problems again 
with with anything, whether it's you know whether it's in Washington or it's in you know Arkansas or Colorado or you know Illinois, wherever legalized marijuana is, there, there's a stigma about marijuana. I, I don't know about legalized in Arkansas. Right. I mean, hey, have you seen Ozarks? There are enough issues down there. Uh, I, hey, okay. We, we've been to Lake of the Ozarks. Okay. We've been in Missouri. Okay, here, here's another point that the texture makes. Okay. Each vice that people get involved in should have a tax level to cover the issues that come with it. We have missed that number terribly. Yes. And, and I agree with that. I, I agree but here's what I would say to that. If we look at some of the some of the numbers from the other states, and again, I could spend an entire segment on on this. In Arkansas, the majority, thirteen to twenty percent tax majority, goes to the state's general fund. In Colorado, ten percent of it goes towards funding the implementation of the state water plan and other gen, uh, and other public purposes. Delaware. 50% to a general fund. DC, it's a little bit more complicated. I mean, you can look at any one of these and you can find, you know, in Tennessee, 20, you know, it's a 20% tax rate, 80% of the revenue is directed to the lottery for education account, 15 to the general fund, 5% to mental health and substance abuse services. So, I, I, absolutely. But do you need the mental health services now because you've created your own disease? I, you're you're not creating a disease with this. I, I mean, an I, addiction. I, I, again, I, I I don't necessarily buy that this is going. And to, you know, if they say if you start with marijuana, it leads to more you know worse things. But is that is that true for everybody? Or is again is is that just an assumption? Is is that something that we make? Because again, when I was younger, absolutely, I, I smoked marijuana. And if marijuana was legal in Minnesota, and, and I, I, for the record, but, I've never smoked marijuana in my life. Okay, and, and I mean, people out there can grill me on the text line. I really don't give two pahooties whether or not people are going to say, "Oh my God, you smoke weed." Yes, I smoked weed when I was younger. I don't do it now. But if it was legal in Minnesota, would I have some? Yes, because it's safer than a lot of the other activities. Let's be honest. It's, it's less. You're harmful. making an assumption now. It's, it's you're le- assuming it's, that it's safer it's, then. It's less you're, harmful. There's than no data there. You're just, you're just assuming that. It's less harmful than alcohol. Well, but you're saying that, but you don't have any data to back that with. I, it depends on how much you smoke and how much you drink. I could, I could very much. I could bring up some of those numbers. But I mean, is that, is that three joints versus one beer? Or what is it that you're talking about? Well, see, and, and that's where, you know, we. You're assuming. Well, I, not necessarily, though. But I guess let's get. I mean, there's so much meat on the bone. When but it doesn't gambling thing. then, once, doesn't betting, doesn't that lead to, to other vices in your life? No. I can, I can sit here and gamble and put down a wager on a 17 parlay or play some daily fantasy sports. And I am okay with that. Because I can control it. Some people can't control it no matter what they do. But isn't that always the first step? Oh, yeah, I can control it. Maxie, I've been doing this for 25 years. Well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't know when it can spin out of control. Here's another. This is a really good one. With you 100%, Max. Anything you want to add to that? Well, if they say they're worth it, say it. <laughs> no, it says with you 100. We're so eager to add betting and legalized drugs due to philosophical arguments, but how much of this is studied? I've got it right here. I've got it right in front of me. You got some of it in front of you, correct? I've got I've got a lot of it in front of me from the NCSL.org research. Okay, well. 
we'll keep kicking this up, but I think my point is well taken. Doesn't mean it's right. Uh, are we out of time? Yeah, we're way over. Okay, well, we'll talk about it some more on the other side. You, you'll see, well, you guys have already proved my point. Um, if you want to come to Tubbsy's Rescue, you can, 651-461-9226. Nah, I'll be on my own. I'm cool. People that use drugs have all the excuses and no answers. Good night, everybody. We'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.